It's a word. But anyway, I want you to hear what Jesus said to you, church, tonight and to me. In verse 9, it says, They will deliver you up to tribulation, and they will kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I want you to hear this tonight for just a moment. I'm thankful that we live in the greatest country in the earth. I'm thankful that we can come on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and worship God. I'm glad that, that I get invited to come to the school and talk about the Lord and, and pray with teachers, and, and I, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve God in hospitals and nursing homes, and I, I'm thankful for all of that. But you and I need to know something. There is coming a day when those privileges will be gone. You say, Jake, that'll happen in the tribulation. No, Jesus is not talking about the tribulation period. He's talking about the time that is leading up. And so when you hear preachers talk about the fact that you need to know who you belong to because the day is coming when it could cost you your life, that could be today. There are more Christians who have been killed in the last 100 years around the world for their faith than at any time in human history. Even in the early church when they were persecuting Christians, when they were dragging them out of home church in the first century, there are more people being killed for their faith in Saudi Arabia and Iran and countries in Africa than at any point. And Jesus says, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. I'm going to ask you just a simple question, and this is not to be political in any way. But I have never seen a group of people hate someone as much as liberals hate President Trump. Never in my life. And I ask myself this one simple thing. If them God people hating people hate him so much, why don't they hate me more? I'm supposed to represent Christ. He is not by any account a preacher or a godly man. But yet the church isn't hated by anybody. Why is that? Because we refuse to take a stand on anything. We refuse to stand up and say that this is wrong and this is right and this is the way it should be and this is what God wants for us. We refuse to stand up and say, Thus saith the Lord. He doesn't. And so I ask myself this on a regular basis. Jake, why are you never facing opposition for your faith? Now, we all face opposition from time to time. But yet I ask you this question. When was the last time you took a stand for anything that cost you something? When was the last time you took a stand for God that cost you a relationship, cost you a friendship? I pray that that doesn't happen. I pray that you've surrounded yourself with such godly people that they love you, encourage you, pray for you. But if God sends you anywhere, where there are lost people, at some point they are going to hate you. Not because of you, but because of Him. Look what it says there in verse 12. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I want to read from you two passages of Scripture that warn about what it's going to look like as we begin to fall farther and farther from the Lord. 
In Isaiah, the fifth chapter, starting in verse 20, the prophet records these words, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Woe to men mighty at drinking wine. Woe to men valiant for mixing intoxicating drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away justice from the righteous man. You see, as a believer, you need to understand that wickedness is calling evil good and good evil. Wickedness, I love the Gaithers. If you're not aware of that, I love Southern Gospel music. And when I'm in my office through the week, I am rocking out, all right? I'm telling you what, it is blaring in my office. But now YouTube has ads. And right after I have just got done listening to There Is a River, right, flowing from deep within. And, uh, and I'm telling you what, I'm shouting in my office, an ad will pop up. FX TV show's got a new show called Demon. It's about a little kid who's the son of Satan and the son of a witch. And that's right. And I'll, every time I'll go, what in the world? And then it'll kick back on. And there's old Gloria Gaither and I, or Gloria Gaither. And then there's Vestal Goodman. And I'm just in my office. Woo! Amen. Sure enough, every three songs that ad comes up again and it's all about this little demon and this little TV show. And, and I'm thinking, what in the world has happened you would think they'd be promoting things for like even Joel Osteen or David Jeremiah or something that's somewhat religious. But no, right in the middle, there is this. Why? Because I want you to hear this. Satan has no fear of the church. He has no fear of the church of America because we have refused to take a stand for anything. Right in the middle of all that praise and all that worship, there it is. I want to encourage you tonight to be on guard for how Satan is at work. How Satan is trying to convince even people of faith what is right has become what is wrong. And what is wrong has become what is right. How about 2 Timothy, the third chapter, starting in verse 1. But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, for men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness without but denying its power, and from such people turn away. You said, oh my goodness gracious, Jake, how discouraging can you be tonight? I want to stop right here. I believe that God is still at work. I stood out there just a minute ago because I just wanted to see, and that little building over there that used to be the sanctuary is full of children. They had so many kids, their system broke down over there. They were doing it by pencil and paper. God has blessed us. I snuck my head back down there around over there in that building, whatever it's called, I can't think of it right now. It's full of junior high, fifth and sixth grade, and senior high youth coming here tonight, and I was like, man, we're so... Uh, ten minutes before church started, I didn't think anybody was going to be here. But we're blessed tonight. And so I believe that even in a world that has abandoned God, even in a culture that has left God, that God could have oases of faith right here. 
and we can be blessed and we can see people saved and we can see lives changed and we can see God heal and work and move. And it could be said that there are people of God out there and the power of God is out there and the presence of God out there. Whoa! God's doing something out there. I believe that. Boy, I appreciate the three of you that agree with me. Boy, I just put my heart and soul into that one. But I'm telling you, I believe that. But I believe, friends, that it's going to fall apart everywhere else. I believe it's going to get ugly. I believe it's going to get evil. I believe it's going to get wicked. But I believe if this church and other churches, please don't think that I think we're the only game in town. If we will trust Him, if we'll believe Him, if we'll rely on Him, if we'll not follow these things that are anti-God, that are the way of Satan, that God can do amazing things. I pray that you believe that. I pray that even though you watch the news and you know what's going on and, and you see how bad things are, that you can say, boy, if I can just make it to my prayer time, if I can just make it to worship on Sunday, if I can just, if I can just get there and get to what God's doing and be who God wants me to be, I am not worried about what things look like. I'm not worried about what is being said because why? God is at work. And I would just want to encourage you tonight most of us don't wake up on Sundays thinking that. We don't just wake up thinking, Whoa, I can't wait to go to church. Man, I'm telling you what, I, I know the preaching won't be very good, but man, the worship's going to be good. I know my Sunday school class is going to be good. I'm going to see some people that love God, that love me. Man, I can't wait to see who, who, who the new family that God sends us. Man, I can't wait to see someone get saved. I'm so thankful we got... 75 kids back there and I'm not working with them, amen? And I'm, you know, I had to go work in the nursery this morning during Sunday school. There was kids everywhere and I was sitting there thinking, you wait and see some kid's going to puke right down the front of this tie. And that's okay. Why? Because I'm thankful for what God's doing and we need to get back to believing that. That when I wake up in the morning and I open this precious book, this Word of God, this living Word, man, Lord, I'm sitting down here like a fat kid in a candy store and I'm looking forward to what you're going to do, Lord. I'm looking forward to how you're going to speak to me. I'm telling you, I want to be known as a person like Elijah, right? I want to be known as a person like Peter and Paul. That Man, there's the power of God, right? Silver and gold we have none, but what we have, we freely give. Is that how you approach your week? That God, I don't have much, but God, what I have is enough because it's you. And God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to live for you. And God, I can't wait to what you're going to do in my life. God, I can't wait to see how you're going to use me. Well, I don't know if you know this or not, but I've not woke up like that very many times in my life. I've not woke up and thought, well, I guess I'm going to go to my third colonoscopy of the day and pray with people. I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do. Whew. Since I've had two of those in the last two weeks, I can speak about that, I guess. But how many times have you said that, oh, I guess I have to do that. Uh, you know, I'm thankful to be a Sunday school teacher, but I guess I'll have to prepare this week. You know, I, I guess I'll just, you know, someone's got to do it. Some, someone's got to do it. Jamie was talking about the choir today and choir practice. I tell you what, I don't know if you know this or not, but choirs are biblical. Heaven is going to be full of people sitting around the throne singing and worshiping Him. And so you ought to be saying, you know what? I'm not the best singer in the world, but boy, I get an opportunity to sing for the Lord and I'm going to take it. 
I'm going to take it. I'm going to sing. I'm going to worship. When we, when we gather together and, and we all try to see who can sing quieter. I've listened to you talk in the lobby, but you get in here, it's like, I bet I can whisper softer than you. We sang a song this morning about I'm going to shout, right? I'm going to declare. And it was like we got to that word about shout, and everybody went, shout. I went, what? Shout. You ought to be excited. There ought to be an overflow of God. We have been blessed. You've been good to us. God, we have a world that has no hope. They have no joy. They have no peace. They have nothing to trust. But that's not us. We have nothing to fear, nothing to worry about. Why? Because the God who sits upon the throne, the God who is in control of everything, is watching over us. Third and final thing tonight, and I'll wrap this up. We should be thankful to witness that all that God will do. You say, Jake, you've painted a pretty depressing picture. Not if you know what to look for. You see, in verses 13 and 14, the Bible says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in a world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. You see, most people don't like this verse because they think they're going to have to go on a mission trip. And we're terrified of going on a mission trip. But what this means to me is, if the gospel is the power to save, that as the gospel goes, there are going to be people saved. And as, as I have the privilege to stand up here every week and preach the gospel and preach the gospel, and sometimes watching you respond is like watching you at a dentist. I mean, it's like, I'm not going to smile. I'm not going to enjoy this. I know that there are still people being saved. There are still people that are going to come out of children's church from time to time and say, Pastor, I was saved. We're going to get to have vacation Bible school and those are going to be people who are saved. There are going to be people who reach out through the online ministry and say, I heard the gospel and I was saved. Got to go to church camp and preach and watch 10 people give their heart and life to Jesus. We ought to not look at missions as a burden, but that we are going to be a part of watching what God is doing. We ought to be thankful, Lord. We know that as people go, that the seed is planted. God, that there are some who plant, some who water. But God, we're a part of you building the most wonderful and special organization, the most special and wonderful group of people, the church. And we ought to look at it as not as a burden, not as a problem, but as a blessing. And tonight I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to begin to look for God's blessings and how He saves. I want you to begin to look at how your prayer time, how God has begun to answer those. I, uh, <laughs> I was uh, reading through the prayer book that I have in my downstairs office that I keep locked up in my and my, whatever that thing's called that you lock up and put stuff in, and um, something. Uh, I keep it locked up that way all your private stuff doesn't get out. But, uh, and I was just looking back through some of the ways that God has blessed over the last 10 years. And I got to one name, and it was a mom and dad who the doctors had said, you'll never have children. And I thought, man, I see them little heathens running through the lobby all the time. I'm kidding. 
Those are just my kids. But I turned over a few pages later and there would be someone saying, hey, we're praying for our lost nephew, our lost son. And then beside it, it was saved on February the 19th, 2016. Or maybe it was, maybe it was a little boy who had just been diagnosed with brain cancer. And I got the privilege of calling on him to pray this morning. The list goes on and on. But most of the time, we're so consumed with the things of this world and the way that Satan sucks the life out of us that we've missed what God is doing. And so tonight, I want to encourage you to be aware of all that's going on in the world. I want you to be aware that the Lord is coming back at any time. I want you to be aware that if you're outside of the church and you're trying to live it on your own, it is a hopeless situation. But inside the safety and protection of the Lord's family, there is nothing sweeter. There is nothing sweeter than a church that loves God, loves each other. There's nothing more precious than being able to watch God's blessing, not in only in this generation, but the next. <laughs> I was... Uh, Standing at a funeral this afternoon, and there was a little boy, I think he's four or five, something like that, you know. And um, we were just kind of fighting back there, you know. I was picking on him, and he was picking on me. And I'm like, you know, don't, don't push the bear. I've been known to shove a kid down too hard, and then it's awkward for everybody, you know. His dad's like, quit hitting him and quit doing this. And I'm like, that's all right, you know, it's no big deal. And it's no big deal, you know. And I'm standing here in my suit and tie, you know. I got my, my pocket thing in, you know, really looking snazzy, you know. And, and uh, someone walked by. I'm like, well, that looks real dignified. <laughs> There's a couple things I wanted to say, but I didn't. I said, that's all right. I'm just so thankful that God has sent us children of this age. And they don't think I'm so creepy, they won't talk to me, all right? <laughs> Because I don't know, when I was that age, a guy in a suit and tie that I never spoke to. And I considered it a blessing. You say, well, Jake, that's awful silly. That's awful small. Not really. Because about a month ago, his older sister was saved. Why? Because God has been good to us. And friends, tonight I want you to hear this plea, this begging, this persuading. As dark as it seems... The Lord has a plan. And as difficult as church can be, don't give up on what God is doing. Even as discouraged as people can get, don't give in to the temptations and problems of this world. Keep on going. Keep on trusting. And keep on believing that Jesus and His church win. Because we do. If you would pray with me tonight. Father, I thank you so much for your word. Not my words, Lord, but yours. Lord, I pray tonight that you would forgive me of any sin, any failures, any wickedness that's in my heart. Lord, I pray tonight for this congregation. Lord, I'm just so thankful for them. I'm just thankful for the privilege that I've had for almost 11 years to serve here. God, I just pray that you would continue to remind us that even though church is hard, it's difficult, it's messy, Lord, that we have hope. And God, that you're at work and that you're doing things. God, I just pray that you'd help us to see it. 
not take it for granted. Father, I pray that you'd give us an urgency to go and to do and to serve. God, because the time is drawing near. But God, help us to be faithful until the very end. God, help us to have joy and a passion and a desire until you call us home. God, I pray tonight for anyone in this place that doesn't know you, that's struggling with fear and doubt and discouragement, that tonight would be the night, Lord, that they would just come to you and say, I'm giving it all to Jesus. Father, I pray whether that's in this room or the other facilities here tonight, Lord, as your word is being taught, that, God, you would save. Lord, make this a powerful place where your power is on display. God, help us to pray that we would see you at work and that we would be a part of what you're doing. And so, Father, again, I just ask it all for your glory and for your kingdom. And God, I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.